Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. There's journey, and I just want to encourage you just to listen and just we all come from different families, different backgrounds. Some of us maybe didn't always maybe have a good relationship with our mother, but we maybe have spiritual mothers. So some of this message may resonate with you, some of it may not, but some of you, you know, all of us women here, we are either mothers or spiritual mothers. So I want to encourage you with this, and we all have a different journey. So I just, one of the things that God laid on my heart today was, what are the key things today I wanted to share about a mother's journey? You know, thinking about my mom's journey with me. With me. <laughs> and what precipitated this, I was at, when um, we had a, we've been meeting virtually as a, as a staff at work every week on our Microsoft Teams. So one of the things we got to share for people that wanted to participate was, what was a momism that I heard growing up or we heard growing up? So I'm thinking it was, wait till your father gets home. I'm seriously, seriously. And the one thing I shared was that. And then I said, yeah, my mom would lock our brother, my brother and I outside all day and said, you need to stay outside and enjoy things. And, and of course, now DHS would think that was probably abuse, but that really wasn't. It really was to help her with her sanity. So bless my mom, Elaine, in Jesus' name. I, I laugh because I remember... I think back now, on sometimes it was challenging for her being a stay-at-home mom, and my dad worked at night, so he would be gone at night, and then when he would come home, he would sleep during the day, so we never really saw him. And so she, you know, made all my clothes, we had a garden, she fed us, you know, we grew a lot of our vegetables. I mean, this is a part of my life. Some people know, some don't, but, you know, I was happy. I didn't know that we really didn't have a lot of money, and it, back then it was like that you just, that was how it was. But she did the best she could, and I want to encourage, this is my first thing I want to talk about, you know, uh, for mothers. Um, we're going to talk about love, honor, and sacrifice are the key points, but this quote really struck me today. Um, there is no one perfect way to be a good mother. Each situation is unique. Each mother has a different challenges different skills and abilities, and certainly different children. But what matters the most as a mother is for her to love her children deeply. And I found this online, and I want to honor this elder M. Russell Ballard. I don't know who that is, but it just really struck me. Because thinking about my own mother and some of the challenges they had with me, um, wanting the schools wanted to put me on Ritalin. That was when it was an experimental drug because of my, um, I couldn't focus, and I prophetically, I couldn't, uh, there were things I know God was showing me back then, but, um, you know, my parents said no, and which was a good thing, I felt, and I think back to that, because um, I think God was speaking to me back then, my, I had a lot of leeway to explore, but um, I was a challenge, I think, at times, being the female, I was the only girl in my neighborhood, um, but that, that quote really struck me about, there is no one perfect way, you know. Unfortunately, we're sometimes in the church we've not really done a good job with encouraging our mothers. You know, we don't want people to be perfect. That holds that spirit of religion about rules and perfectness, and it's like, no, uh, -uh. you know. Sometimes it's okay to have a messy house, and I want to encourage you. I do. I do make my bed, but there may I leave dirty dishes in the sink. I know. I'm I'm just laughing, you guys, because I was right. <laughs> <laughs> as mothers it means and I, I I'm just I'm laughing because staying with people living with people you get to know them and it's about if you want to be a part of family you mess things up well then you clean up and pick up after yourself and you pitch in and you help and I remember that year I spent at the butler's house thinking very well about that because I just one of the things I wanted to do and I think you know Stephanie I saw how hard you worked that year was always to leave an encouraging note for you guys every morning when I went to work. That was just something that was encouragement for me. 
and I don't know why I would do that between that and the dog. It was like totally my life was changed that for I hadn't lived with somebody in 20 years. So, but that was something to the just the love that I saw and the honor and the sacrifice in that in your family. That that was just something every day that God said, you leave them an encouraging note every morning. It was like, you know, Shane had already left for the day. And then I would be upstairs getting ready and getting ready to leave and getting my lunch. And then it was like always leaving a note. And, you you know, I would leave one pretty much every morning. It was during the week. Um, but I think just the d- different children, how as mothers sometimes, and I didn't understand this because I didn't have physical children, but I had definitely spiritual children, how each of them are unique and how loving one, we can love them uniquely in different ways. So anyway, I just want to encourage with that because it just, what it means to love her children deeply. And I'm reminded of the, of the scripture and um, um, in First Peter 4, 8, Above all, love each other deeply, for love covers over a multitude of sins. Um, not that loving our children deeply because they've sinned, because a lot of children, they don't understand. They're babies. But as mothers, sometimes we maybe sin. We lose our tempers. We get angry. Um, being transparent, I get frustrated. Um, losing, sh- being short. Um, because I was abused growing up, I think I really struggled with as a child after that happened as I got older and I saw people that abused their kids and that was really hard for me because I'm thinking that's a little child how could you do that and I really questioned if I could ever be a good mother because of what had happened to me and I just want to encourage you mothers that you're not a product of your past you are not a product of your past but he who lives in you is he who's greater than in the world and it's not about we're in the world and not of the world. So, and I think part of, I just, I want to encourage you with that because um, I think with this whole lockout, lock-in thing, I mean, the government's, all right, I'm going to step back and I won't get into the government, but let's just say that we know our children, we know what's best for our children, and we do have to follow the rule of law. However, there's a moral aspect that we need to honor. And I'm thinking about some of the things that, you know, William Wagner has talked about and some of the things he shared at Salt and Lake Global. Um, so I want to share a little bit about the mothers who love their children well as we talk about the next point. Oops, i got to have my clicker in the right way. Mothers who love well. Joshabed, Moses' mother. Mary, the mother of Jesus. And our own mothers own spiritual mothers and I guess I want to encourage you and as I mentioned earlier some of you maybe didn't have a really healthy maybe relationship with your mother so I just want to encourage you that just because your relationship with your mother maybe was not healthy growing up that doesn't mean things can't change Um, just be encouraged that um, there are spiritual mothers too for you to learn from too that God brings those people in the right time at the right place for such a time as this. Um, think about Joshebed, you know, Moses' mother, and what she went through. Um, and we're going to pick up the story from Exodus. Um, so if you guys want to turn to Exodus, I do have this. And we're starting out where the Pharaoh gave the edict um, that in verse um, chapter 1, verse 22, every Hebrew boy that is born you must throw into the Nile but let every girl live. And I thought, whoa, isn't that interesting? You know, thinking about um, in some countries, girls are the ones that are killed. You know, in some countries, girls are the ones. And thinking back to this, I was just reminded on some of the countries that have two, one child rule, um, many countries, because in girls are not, um, they sometimes can be expensive or, they have to pay because then they have children themselves that they can't do the work in the house. So many times girls are killed in some countries over in the Middle East and Asia. Um, yeah, 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 yep. Um, so the, um, now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and this is Joshebed, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. 
Think about that. You have a child you want to celebrate. Thinking as a mother, you're having to hide your child because there's an edict to kill him. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him, coated it with tar and pitch, then placed the child in it and put it among the weeds along the bank of the Nile. You know, I'm just thinking, you know, we just had Passover and Easter, you know, a few weeks ago. What Joshebed must have been thinking, you know, here's his child. I mean, you're, you want to celebrate, you want to be with your child, and she's having to send him down a river where all sorts of snakes and things and whatnot could, you know, thinking about, I'm just honestly and pr- prophetically was reminded of, you know, when she had to make that decision and during the Holocaust, mothers had to figure out, well, okay, which child will be sacrificed and which one's going to go this way? The Nazis, to the right was death, to the left was life, to the right was the gas chamber, to the left was the work camps. And just thinking, I mean, who, who, that whole horrific story, and then thinking Joshebed, what she must have been thinking, you know, as a mother. It's like, what was she, what was she thinking, you know, having to send her child, you know, down the Nile with her sister, with um, her daughter, Miriam, following so in Acts 2, 4 through 6, and then his sister stood a distance to see what would happen to him. And this is Mar- Miriam was there watching. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Oh, oh, no, sorry, next one, oops. Then his sister asked the Pharaoh's daughter, and this is Miriam, went up to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. I mean, think about that. Here Joshebed had put the baby into the basket and sent it down the Nile. And then the Pharaoh's daughter wound up finding the child. And then Miriam just happened to be standing there. I mean, think about how God supernaturally worked this. I just I thought about that. I'm thinking she didn't she knew in her heart that there was life and there was God was going to use that baby and she was being used by God in this whole process how and then going to get the mother of the real life mother of the child to nurse the baby and how that connection Joseph had still had with her with her son Moses I guess I never really studied this before not realizing that wow the, the how God supernaturally worked in this process what you know, with the Pharaoh, with the edict for the child, the Hebrew boys three and under, um, that 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 edict to kill them. But how God supernaturally worked all that out. It's like wow. Think about this: the the love that Joshebet had, um, the love that she had for her son. So we switched. Uh, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Um, and um, in Luke 1, 28 to 33, this is the angel greeting Mary. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. And I'm thinking, Mary um, Mary was, I think, 14, and I'm thinking, whoa, you know, here she's getting this prophetic word from an angel. I'm thinking, I wonder what she was thinking. But then, we're not, we're not going to study this in scripture, but thinking about how, you know, Mary watched over her son, and here she had to, she was, you know, pregnant out of wedlock, and she had not been married, and what, what that did to her in, in that community and culture at that time, how condemning the people treated her, and, um, but she was, um, but she um, was chosen, 
you know, for the fact that the Lord said, greeted her with the word, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And I thought, whoa, to hear that, though, because there was something special that God saw in her. She was chosen for a reason. And I, I personally believe, and I know it, the, the word doesn't really get into specifics, but it was her heart that she could love Jesus deeply. She could love Jesus deeply. She could love him deeply. Because thinking about what she went through as the mother and watching the crucifixion, I'm gonna, and I'll get on to that in a minute, but, um, but just the whole thing about love and what she, how God loved her so much, she sent a begotten son to her to carry nine months. So speaking of love, continuing the love chapter, um, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, and it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth, and it always protects always trusts and always hopes, always perseveres. You know, a mother loves us patiently and kindly, putting our needs first above their own. And in some cases, though, um, that may not be the case. I know there's been um, in some cases where mothers haven't done that for their child. They've been selfish and self-centered. As a mother in the church, please forgive us for how we did not train you up and raise you well and love you well because it is our job to love and to always protect, always trust, and always hope and always persevere. I think that, um, I know my mom, my, her patience with me was tested. I know that, her and I have talked about that. Um, but she always loved me at the end of the day, and she would always tell me that, even when I wasn't loving to her. And I, it took me a long time to understand really why. She's like, because you're my daughter. And I'm thinking, wow, because God gave, gave um, her to me, but me to her. And there was a time that, um, just to share a little story, that I was born a pre- little premature. My mom fell, and they had to take me. She had to go to the hospital. 30, it was like 30 days. It was a month premature. And back in the day, the hospital was 25 miles away. It wasn't close. My dad was working at that time and then you didn't have a cell phone so the old days you know you have your suitcase packed (laughs) so this is what I'm I heard later on that she tripped over a rose bush and I'm thinking oh that's interesting I think about that now prophetically I thought well that's interesting I think prophetic I think the enemy was pushing her because the enemy didn't want me to be born personally I think I just think there's was more to that story that I never have talked about but I just know with the witchcraft and things in that part in Lake Odessa, there were things that were going on that um, the enemy was trying to stop. And it's like, huh, it didn't work because, you know, God wanted um, his children to be born. And each of you has a story, too. You know, there's a story with your mother and your birth. And know that God loves each of you no matter what your story is. And it's a unique story for you and your mother. Um, so just be encouraged. The love chat. I love this, the love chapter. But again, about patience, how mothers are patient with us, how they're kind to us, even when we're not very kind and loving. It does, and it doesn't, love does not envy, it does not boast, and it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, and is not self-seeking. Our mothers put our needs before their own. They do not dishonor us. Um, they're not easily angered with us, though I know there were times that I know I, tested my mom with that um but we all have a story um you know laughing about that I mean I could go on with stories but you know the just the point about a mother's love and what that means and for some of us maybe we didn't know our mothers I know I have I know somebody that's adopted and she has no desire to find her mother and it's okay um but I know some people have really wanted that but I think God settles in our hearts what he wants us. If he wants us to meet our birth mothers, I think God allows that to happen. And sometimes he doesn't, and I think it's for our own good. And maybe our mothers are gone now. Maybe this is a hard time for people. And I totally understand that. I can't spend time with my mom. She's up north. She's back from her trip. 
but um, one of the things God's reminding me of is virtual. I can spend time with her virtually, so we're always on the phone, always talking. And the same with my dad, too. But, you know, they're in their 80s, and I know I don't have a lot of time left with them. And I just want to encourage you, the whole point about love, and for each of us, and maybe it's a little bit different, but I just want to encourage you that, um, what's love got to do? <laughs> All right, do with it. Anyway, I had to bust out with one song. I probably have some more, so just be patient. All right. Hey, right. All right. Mothers. Mothers who are honored. Honor is our second point. You know, we're called to honor our mothers. And the story of, again, Mary, the mother of Jesus, but also Naomi, the mother-in-law of Ruth. Um, those, a couple, couple, those stories really struck me. And here's another Here's my favorite scripture about this from Exodus 20:12. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. We are called to honor our mothers and our fathers. Particularly today is Mother's Day. I want to talk about mothers. And that is in the Ten Commandments. And to me, that still is relevant today. Sometimes, though, it can be challenging if we've not had a you know, loving relationship with our mothers growing up. Perhaps our mother was abusive, unloving, or unkind. We're called still to honor her. If that is you, I want to encourage you to pray to God to help you forgive her. And I think it reminds me of a st the story. Many of the young ladies at the jail I did ministry with had been, a, not a lot of them had abused, been abused by their, by their mothers or mothers' boyfriends or their dads. And we actually had a long talk. Uh, this was a scripture I would teach on sometimes. You know, there's ways to honor but not um, to keep a distance, I guess, because sometimes it's not very healthy to be in contact with people from your past, particularly in that kind of a relationship they had. Um, so there's ways to do it. And, and it's not, you know, agreeing with what happened to you, but it's, uh, you know, how to honor somebody. Um, I wanted to encourage you about when you honor somebody, um, the word honor means to give weight or to grant a person a position of respect, courtesy, and even authority in your life. And sometimes that can be difficult if there's a past, particularly with a parent. And my mom and I always didn't always agree on things growing up. But the one thing I knew is I never, I, she always, before I went to bed, we'd always try to talk our differences through. Never going to bed, you know, angry. And now I understand why that's so important. Back then I didn't. But again, going back to Exodus 2012 about the importance of honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord is giving you. So that you may live long in the land. When we, when we dishonor our fathers and mothers, there's a consequence. Um, there is a consequence. I mean, I'm not going to say that um, my mom did everything right. And she, her and I have really had our talks over the years but we would talk about things that I was shocked that she would bring up to me and and she's we've had our forgiveness and things but there would be little things then she would share about her relationship with my grandmother and she went from being a child to a wife to a mother at 17 well she didn't have my brother till she was in her 20s but she got married at 17 that's what you did in the 50s so, but she really, they didn't have a book how to, you know, be a good wife or, or a mother. You just, you learned as you went along and you made mistakes. And that's okay. That's human. Again, like I, like the previous um, slide, this one, I want to go back to this slide about to be a good mother. Each situation is unique. We come with, they come with different challenges different skills and abilities, and certainly different children. So again, uh, the most important thing was loving your children deeply. But as children, we're called to honor our mothers. We are called to honor them. And it may mean I've had to repent of my frustration about some things with my mom, my anger about some things that I've had to forgive about things from the past. And that was something I knew was the right thing to do. And um, my stepmother, um, because she, I honor her too here today, my stepmother, Janet. Um, and I think when my parents divorce and then being an adult, it kind of, then you have a blended family. But it was, 
I was an adult when my parents divorced. I wasn't young, so I already had my my life and kind of my values and things all kind of already in place. Um, but I honor, you know, my mother and my stepmother because of how God has them placed in my life. So I just want to encourage you for those maybe that come from families that are, you know, divorced parents and maybe you have stepfathers or stepmothers to honor them. Why that's so important, again, that it will honor them so you will live long in the land that the Father gives you because the land's the kingdom. He's given us the kingdom. And so to, to, to live long in the land, and I think it does, it's about the life and death is in the power of the tongue, just like what the word says. And it's so important not to have a critical spirit about your relationship with your parent. And I'm saying that I've had to repent of the grumbling and complaining about things. I mean, I'm so I just want to encourage you that, and I think particularly, let me take a drink of water, but some of us maybe that, um, that have um, strained relationships with our parents and particularly with our mothers know that that's who God placed in your life for a reason. And I just want to encourage you to pray about that because I feel like as, as a, adult children now, we can speak into our parents' lives. We can. So thinking about the next woman who was honored, Ruth. Um, Ruth honored Naomi, her mother-in-law. And this is from Ruth, chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave. And this is where Naomi was going to leave and Ruth, she told Ruth to go back to her people, her town where she was from. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I die. I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, but be it ever so severely if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. You know, in the story of Ruth, Ruth honored her mother-in-law, Naomi, going with her wherever she went. After Ruth's husband and Naomi's husband, they both died. Um, that story just really struck me that here she knew, though, that was her people. She was going to be with her people. I honestly related this to church. I feel like the just the story of how Shekinah was birthed. I just really relate this to the story right here. So I just want to I want to encourage the people that are here today. There's a story in a DNA of our church that I think we're starting to learn more and more. Um, but you know, here Ruth honored Naomi, and um, and then God in turn Ruth that was met Boaz and her Boaz, and then the line of King David came, and then that's where Jesus came through. So, but think about how um, here Naomi was. She was an older woman in a day where she didn't really have a male protector anymore. Um, so here Ruth was with her, and she went with her, and what an honor that was. Um, Ruth honored Naomi with that and continued to walk with her, honoring humble respect and giving weight, just like what I talked about before. So talking about um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, this is where um, Jesus is on the cross. Um, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, and this is from John chapter 19, verses 25 to 22. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, and the wife of Cleophas and Mary. A lot of Marys. I've really noticed there's lots of Marys. I get confused, so hopefully you can follow this. Mary Magdalene. So when Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to, to her, woman, he's talking to his mother Mary, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. You know, I started studying this, and I realized, wow, they didn't have Jesus' brother, but she stayed with Jesus, John the Beloved. And I thought, wow, what a powerful, he was honoring, you know, his mother. He wanted to make sure that she was being taken care of by somebody he knew that loved, going back to the love, loved as deeply as he did, and that would love and take care of his mother. Um, Jesus honored his mother and had his beloved disciple, John, take her to live with him after his crucifixion. And I, I never really thought about why, 
you know, and we it doesn't talk about in the scripture about that. And I've always thought, I wonder how James felt, but there was something to this. And it was very significant that he pointed out, because that was the only place in the scripture in John that this, because they didn't talk about Matthew, Mark, or Luke, but it was in John. And I'm thinking, this is very interesting. So I'm just, again, thinking, so John, honor, John I suspect John was very honoring of Jesus' mother. I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that maybe might be part of the reason why Jesus did that. But again, how we're to honor people. I'm reminded of, I work in the state office on aging, so we work with older adults. And we honor, um, we honor uh, each other on our birthdays, but I'm always one who will help an older adult if they need help at the grocery store. Or do you need to arm or hand? Because, hey, I admit it, I'm, I'm, I'm aging in place too, but especially when it's icy out. But I would think that I would want somebody to do that to my, you know, help out with my parent um, because of their, our, our, our country at times really doesn't give a lot of honor to our older adults. And I think right now, um, and I know we've talked about this. I see it on Facebook about contacting our older adults because they're they can't get out. I mean, thinking my parents, but as I've heard and and helping to get, we're getting food to people and making sure that people are getting wellness checks because they can't get out. So they're struggling with depression. They're struggling with what can I do to help? I'm stuck. I can't get out. I got this underlying health condition, but they can. And I'm, I've talked to people. It's like, you have so many skills and talents. You can help. You have knowledge. You have wisdom that we need. Okay, and I'm preaching to myself. So um, it's, it's important because that's a legacy. It's, it's a legacy. And I think that I know the Native American culture does such a great job with honoring their elders. And um, I just think that's something through this whole crisis we've been in in our state and our country thinking back to um when world war ii was going on and you know that greatest generation i'm thinking of them you know because the ve day in europe was this past week and um that what they did for us that greatest generation they lived through the depression then they fought in the war that was a world war that made the whole made um changed history because if we wouldn't have had the 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 greatest generation to sacrifice the way they did i just know i don't think this world would be where we'd be at today and our um it would be a very different place so we're just so thankful for the honor that they we've given um to them um so so we're going to talk about another honoring person is from proverbs 31 the wife of noble character this scripture always um in in the last verse here in thirty one thirty one, honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her words bring her praise at the gate. Um, that woman of noble character, and we're gonna go back and we're gonna read the the other remaining verses. But honor again, she she there was this woman of noble character did things a specific way, and and her heart was so um, in tune to Holy Spirit and helping. And sacrificing and doing the things that need to get done for her family and for her community. Um, honor her for all that her hands have done. So she worked with her hands. Let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So the city gate was where major decisions happened. You know, the city gate. So praising at the city gate and let her works. So she did some things. This woman of noble character that is talked about in Proverbs. So as we move on to my third point, and we're going to talk about sacrifice, and we're going to talk about the woman of noble character, um, also about Queen Esther, and then um, the two women who stood before Solomon for the wise ruling, and also our own mothers and spiritual mothers, what they sacrificed for us to give us the things that we've had today. I love this quote. Here's another quote. Your mother's sacrifice is incomparable with others. Every mother's sacrifice is different and unique. Each mother has a story to tell. Every mother's sacrifice is different and unique, one that is incomparable with others. And as mothers today, I want to encourage each of you, the sacrifice you've given for your children and spiritual children is your story. It's your journey. And share it. Be encouraged. 
and share the mistakes that you made. Our next generation needs to hear from us. And it's not that they were mistakes, but things that we could do differently and how we need to teach that next generation of not making the same mistakes as we did um, and raising our children or our spiritual children. I think, and this is where the whole um, feminist movement, I get so frustrated with, you know, because I grew up in the, you know, I was born in the 60s and this, the feminist, the women's movement was birthed in the 70s and um, that as, as women, um, how we need to be honoring our daughters and looking out for them and it's not about being independent. But again, I had a father who raised me and a mother who raised me to, to think for myself. But honestly, though, there are things that physically I couldn't do, and I was okay with that. I love it when a, when, a, when a man opens the door for me. But I know some women, it irritates them. I'm thinking, why? And, I work, and it's a generation I've noticed and thinking about, you know, people that I work with and letting me get onto the elevator before them, just honoring. That is honor and respectful, and we don't, I think, see that. And as, and as the next generation, and I pray because I look at my nieces who – they're in that generation that is going to move things forward. Um, but I think as women, though, and as mothers, we owe them. We owe them an example of what it is to be a godly woman and a mother and why it's so important to teach those, teach those lessons, those lessons that we need to learn because a child does need two parents. Sometimes it's, it's not possible, and I, and I understand that. Um, but it's important so they can learn from each parent. Um, thinking about this woman of noble character, but again, the mother's sacrifice is incomparable with others, and I want to encourage you, and I know some of you, I've, I've heard stories of your own mothers, and I think of my own mother and the sacrifice she made so I could go to school, and she stayed at home until I was in junior high and then went to work, and my dad worked. Um, but she did, she sacrificed. So I could be able to go to school. My brother and I could both go to school. She got enough. She started working out of the home and making more money. And um, but then I was older, so I wasn't in the home. I was in school. But those younger years, she wanted to stay at home. She loved being at home. She we used to talk about that. Just the time we would spend together. Um, that one-on-one -on -one time. Um, so thinking about what um, in the scripture where it talks about the. Um, the woman of noble character, um, a wife of noble character. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is far from the merchant ships. She is like the, mer oh, sorry. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. Think about that. She gets up while it is still night. She provides foods for her family and portions for her servants. So she's, she's sacrificing. She's making sure that her family and the people who serve her are taken care of. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sees about, um, sorry, geez, she's, my, I'm having problems seeing today. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grafts the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. So her whole household, I think this, I, I, it's not just her family, but her whole household. When it is snow, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. And the gate is very significant in the cities. That's where major decisions are made. So he's very honored, her husband is. 
She makes linen garments and seals and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you suppress them all, the woman of noble character. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So for you mothers, I want to honor you for all the things that you've been doing for the Lord and for the noble things for your family that it, you will be praised at the city gate and God sees and knows all. This is a word for you, Stephanie. This is a word for you, for everybody, but I just want to encourage you with this because God knows. A woman of noble character does not eat the bread of idleness. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So, I want to encourage with the story of Esther, um, another woman of character who sacrificed. From Esther, and this is from chapter 4, verse 16, and this is when um, she's talking with her servants. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Esther sacrificed. You know, the edict was if you went before the king without being welcome, you would be put to death. So, but she knew that time was short and her, and and her people were at risk. She, her story was one that, um, I'm thinking of the DVD, One Night with the King, the movie, um, but how she sacrificed, and here she was. She didn't have to do this, but it was, she knew it was important to because she could not live with herself knowing if she did not do this for such a time as this. As Mordecai said, what if somebody else was brought forward for such a time as this? So know that, God has a mother in a situation like Esther. Some of us have experienced similar things that um, going through the trials like Esther. And I just want to encourage you that God has this in the palm of your hand. And just be encouraged that he has this. He's going to see it through fasting and praying. Again, he will reward you as praising at the city gate. There will be praise. Just be encouraged friends so the story of the two women this I haven't read this verse in quite a while it was the two women that um, had a child that one was claiming was one's and the other said it was theirs so then they came before Solomon in first Kings three twenty four to 27 then the king said bring me a sword and this was after they've already talked through all of no this child is mine no it's mine they were going back and forth so the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order, cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in him in two. Then the king gave his ruling, give the living baby to the first woman, do not kill him, she is his mother. Out of that mother's sacrifice and love and honor, she wanted to make sure that her child would live. So she was willing to sacrifice and send him to live with another woman. Just like Joshabel sent her son in a basket down the Nile to go somewhere that she knew that God would look out. But Solomon in all his wisdom knew the, uh, a mother who loved her child deeply would sacrifice and would want to make sure the child lived. And I'm thinking, um, wow, how powerful that was. But thinking the heart behind that other woman who would kill a child, all just because she wanted to be right. I mean, I don't know what she was thinking. I've not read the story in, in quite a while. 
but thinking about sacrifices and I I just I'm thinking about the whole abortion issue reading this too actually and um, all people want to have is their careers and again going back to the feminist movement um, how some some women they've they don't understand and I and I'm just praying for our state right now because this is such a huge issue that we're dealing with across the country, but particularly here in our state, that they would know that a child's life is just as important or more so than somebody's career. And I think, thank you, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Devin. But um, thinking about Solomon and all the wisdom and all the wisdom that he shared um, with that example. So. Um, I want us to move. So the points I made today about a mother's journey, about love, a mother who loves. And I just want to encourage you, um, have you taken time to recently to tell your mother, or your spiritual mother, how much you love her for all the things she has done for you? Um, and if you haven't, I want to encourage you this week to do that. You know, encourage you, encourage you to do that this week. And the second point, was about a mother um, who we honor, a mother who was honored. Um, have you taken time to honor your mother or spiritual mother this week? Take some time to, to reach out to her and um, honor her with something. And I just want to encourage you with that. Um, I know I wasn't able to, I usually send my mom flowers and a card, and I wasn't able to do that this week, so I called. And, and her and I talk about that's the one thing she loves, and it's that contact that relational, the relational contact. And I think the older they get, the more I see why that's so important with that. And for sacrifice, a mother's sacrifice, a mother who sacrifices, what did your mother, spiritual mother, sacrifice to you? I know my mom sacrificed her time with me so um, she could work and provide things for us. Um, and was it, I'm able to, we were able to go on to college um, and have the things that helped me with school and the things that I needed. Um, take time this week to contact your mother, spiritual mother, and thank her for all the sacrifices she made. And I know sometimes, again, maybe your mother maybe is gone or maybe it's not a good idea to contact. I want to just encourage you, maybe write a letter, maybe not necessarily mail it, or but if you feel like you need to, pray about it. Holy Spirit, because I think God can speak to us in different ways about things. As um, I was in a situation at a meeting this week, and we were talking about the whole momism thing, and I had a vision of something that had happened that God gave me insight to pray for my mom about. There was something that she had done that she didn't understand. and So I was just praying and blessing over her because, you know, she's my mom is 81 now. And like I said, I don't have a lot of time left with her, but I think... Um, God, again, gave us our mother for a reason, and we're to honor. Just like what the word says about honoring our fathers and mothers, so it, we, it will go well for us, a long life and the land that they're giving to us, and it's about the kingdom. Um, and sometimes he gives us spiritual mothers, too, spiritual mothers that I'm reminded of my um, neighbor that I lived in the condo development at on Arbor Forest, Emily. She's passed now. She passed a few years ago. And... Um, I would spend time with her. She encouraged me about getting involved in different things in the city. She was very involved with city, different things. And she just, um, I, she had never had any children. And so we would talk about different things. And um, she, f she was a fighter till the very end. She had cancer and she was a fighter till the end. And um, it was just interesting as we would talk. Um, so you may, you may not realize that what an encouragement you could be for an older adult as a spiritual son or a spiritual daughter to of them, you know, how important that is. Um, so today um, we had some flowers to give to the women today, but we also had an um, activation of prayer and anointing and the blessing for a mother's blessing today. Um, but um, I think what's been interesting about this whole lock-in, you know, we've been on is I've had time to think about and, and I'm sure you all have too, in this time when we're in our, in our place where God has us. Um, I just want to encourage you to, 
to reach out if there's something that God's laying on your heart to do for your mother, a spiritual mother. Maybe it's not your mother or father. Maybe it's a son or a daughter, a spiritual daughter. Um, I want to encourage you to, to, to follow through with that because I think Holy Spirit is highlighting things right now to us. Um, so I guess in closing, you know, a mother's journey is unique, and I just want to encourage each of you mothers and fathers here because fathers have a journey too, but I'm not talking about that today. But love, honor, and sacrifice, it's the same, and it could be the same, you know, um, it's the same thing, but about love, honor, and sacrifice, how um, God has us each in situations for specific reasons, and you don't know whose life you're touching when you reach out helping somebody across the street or picking up the phone and calling somebody or sending a note or a card or just stopping in and checking on somebody. You just don't know what that can do. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.